You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. Hey, Garden City. My name is Jaylene. If you were to ask me about my professional work, I wouldn't be able to respond with just a job title alone. I've always had to share a description of my job in response to the blank stares I receive after giving the title. Early intervention visual impairment specialist is not only a mouthful, but also not a common title. For those of you waiting for an explanation, I work with babies and toddlers who are within the ages of birth to three years old who are blind and visually impaired. I'm a home visitor who provides parent coaching to families raising children who are blind. Specifically, how using other senses or maximizing visual access can help with a child's developmental progression. I share this with you not to give you my resume or as if this were a job interview. I share this because the character of God we will read in 1 John may just give a parallel picture to a child living without vision. If I were to ask you what characteristics describe God from your point of view, what would you answer? Would it come from your own experience, from what you've read, from what someone has told you? In these next moments, we're going to read a portion of the book of 1 John. My hope is that this scripture would invite you into knowing the glorious, never-changing God that we worship at Garden City. During this time, we'll consider three characteristics of God described in 1 John. God is light, God is just to forgive and cleanse us, and God is our advocate. In my own view of God, I see how my fear has warped the character of God so that I have doubted His own faithfulness in my life. My fierce grip on control has at times distanced me from experiencing the true character of God. Stephen Charnock wrote, It is too common for men and women to fancy God not as He is, but as they would have Him. Strip him of his excellency for their security. In a similar way, we often have a view of God that resembles our own self. John Mark Comer said, The problem is we usually end up with a God who looks an awful lot like us. We know we've created God in our own image when God agrees with you on everything. He hates all the people you hate. He voted for the person you voted for. Because of this, we will never get mad at him or blown away by him or scared of him because he's controllable. Throughout my messy life experience, I am learning that God is actually so much better than I could imagine. He's beyond any of my ideas I've created about him. This belief in God's greatness has actually come from struggle, disappointment, and the tensions of following and worshiping a holy God in a broken world. As I have struggled and walked through dark times, it has been the intimacy and faithfulness of a personal relationship with God that has offered a bright light into my dark situations. It wasn't until I went through life's disappointments and losses that I began to truly experience firsthand the character of God. I believe the most important belief we can hold is the character of God. What we think about God matters and who God is has profound implications for who we are because we become what or who we worship.
The first characteristic in 1 John 1 teaches that God is light and there is no darkness in Him. 1 John 1 reads, That which was from the beginning, from which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life that was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. God has nothing to hide, and all of Him is perfect and good. If God is light, He must be trustworthy. If He is trustworthy, that changes everything about how we live. If I believe God is trustworthy, then I will not be fearful. Have you heard, seen with your eyes, looked upon, and have touched with your hands Jesus' light? The kind of light that transforms the darkness in your life. The kind of light where your circumstances don't have to change. Instead, just your view of God's sovereignty, love, and compassion over you changes. Which in turn, changes everything. My job as a visual impairment specialist has taught me the importance of a multisensory modality approach to make a child's learning experience so much richer and accessible. The light of God meets our different needs and is accessible to whatever sense we have the capacity to experience Him in. God may be inviting us to look for His light in an unexpected or unpredictable way. One of my favorite tools to use with children I work with is a light box. It is a small table that can lay flat or stand up to position visual targets on. The purpose of the light box is to use light to get a child's attention to a toy that they may not have been able to look at without the strategy of light. This is useful for children with neurological visual impairment. This light box gets a child's attention to what is important. I imagine God's light is a similar guide. His light that extinguishes darkness gets our attention to what truly matters. While I was in college, I was learning what God's voice and presence felt like in my own experience and was also struggling with loneliness. After watching a teaching about hearing God, I asked God what He wanted me to know. Immediately, the scripture reference Isaiah 43.3 came to mind. I didn't recognize this verse and immediately doubted this was from God. When I looked up this verse and read it in Eugene Peterson's message, everything changed. Isaiah 43.3 says, Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with rich Cush and Seba thrown in, that's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. This moment changed everything for me because God became a personal God who cares about the big and little longings of my heart. His presence brought light into my inner darkness, filling me with comfort and peace. Next, 1 John teaches that God is just and faithful to forgive us. As we read on in 1 John, it says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. 
and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. To understand the beauty of this profound promise of God being faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, let's first unpack this concept of sin. Tyler Staten describes sin as an attempt to meet our deep needs by our own resources. To understand biblical sin is not to step outside of the moral lines God drew on top of the world. It is to try and be my own God. Sin begins with desire to try to provide something good for myself, such as intimacy, safety, or satisfaction, by means that I could control. And that never works. Sin is a good desire paired with the wrong method that always results in pain. I can guess that this word holds significant weight for each of us for various reasons. This word might bring up shame or guilt for you. It may even bring up freedom from the ways you've healed from your past. Whatever space you find yourself in, here in this moment, know that we have a God who is faithful and just to forgive us. Micah 7, 18-19 says, Lord, who is a God like you? You forgive sin. You forgive your people when they do what is wrong. You don't stay angry forever. Instead, you take delight in showing your faithful love to them. Once again, you will show loving concern for us. You will completely wipe out the evil things we've done. You will throw all of our sins into the bottom of the sea. I find such comfort in the sentence, you take delight in showing your faithful love to them. God delights in overwhelming you with faithful love. He delights in overwhelming you with faithful love even in your lowest moment, even when you don't see any way forward. Forgiveness is part of who God is. It is in His character. It comes from the deepest and truest part of his being. Douglas K. Stewart said, He does not reluctantly forgive sins against himself and others. He does so eagerly as a manifestation of his character. The freedom God offers is that there is nothing we have to make up for or pay God back with. When Jesus died and then was raised from the dead, he paid for all of our sins so that we can live in the light. We just read in 1 John that God is light. The beauty of forgiveness of our sins is that we are invited to live in the light, to step out of the shame and guilt and darkness we may find ourselves hiding in, to live in God's glorious light. This justification of our sins means to confess and bring to light the sin in our lives by sharing it with God and our communities. We can bring light to the darkness by sharing our own hurts, our struggles, and the lies we believe with our community. Turning from darkness to light and moving away from our sin was never about behavior modification. The confession and freedom was always about knowing and experiencing the love of God. Jackie Hill Perry wrote, Being forgiven, justified, atoned for are all worth our praise, but these gifts are not higher than the ultimate one, which is God Himself, to see and know Him forever. We had to be forgiven so that we can know God. We had to be justified so that we can know God. Our sins had to be atoned for so that we can know God. This is what makes the good news good, that we were blind and now we see God. During one of my home visits at work a few years ago, I brought a light box for a family to keep as a tool to encourage their child to reach for toys. 
This child was around two years old and had a combination of ocular visual impairments and neurological visual impairment, along with several other medical complexities. She had limited attention to toys, and we decided to hang beads across the light box to see if she would reach for the beads. She had never purposefully reached for a toy before. We set her up in her adaptive equipment and dimmed the room lights. When the light was turned on, she was so fixated on that light. Her eyes no longer roved around the room as she was locked on to the light. After a while, her arm just barely moved, but it was just enough to touch the beads on the light box. We had just witnessed this child reaching for the first time at two years old. I see this moment as a picture of what it is to live in the light. At this home visit, there was so much joy because this child was no longer living in darkness. Light was used to free her to explore her world in a way she hadn't before. We can have that same freedom to learn and grow when we confess our own struggles and sins. Lastly, 1 John teaches that God is an advocate. He is a God who responds to our needs and is fighting for us. 1 John tells us, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The word advocate means one who defends or maintains a cause or proposal, and one who supports or promotes the interests of a cause or group. I hear this word advocate often in my work, and it's usually tied to advocating for individuals with special needs, or more specifically, people who are blind. I can only do so much as a messy human advocating for other people and people groups. God as an advocate is perfect, just, and merciful. If we understand the character and holiness of our God, the promise that God is our advocate should impact us. If I have a great advocate in my God, situations that feel uncontrollable won't be able to shake me as greatly. If we were to live as if the one true and all-powerful God of the world is advocating on our behalf, wouldn't that change the situations we walk into? I could only imagine the courage and sound mind that would replace our fear, doubt, and anxiety. The invitation is to choose courage in carrying hope. My own understanding of hope is no longer based on circumstances. Hope to me is reassurance and trust in the character of God. Trust and reassurance that encourages me with the faith that there is good coming. It is trusting that God is light and God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and that God is our advocate. Knowing God's character and experiencing who He is in our life changes the way we think and live because of the hope we can carry. Let's find hope in being advocates for others who are not yet living in the light because of the great advocate of Jesus who has walked with us into the light. May we each be vision specialists for the people in our lives to focus our vision on Jesus. May we use our own figurative light boxes that show us what is important and turn our attention to the abundant life of living in the light. May we also use figurative light boxes to reveal how other people in our life can also live in the light. I believe God Himself wants to meet you here and now, wherever you are at, to fill your personal needs and desires with Himself. It could be bringing light to your life today, or finding forgiveness and freedom from your past, or revealing Himself as your advocate today. 
Here are the invitations for us. Ask God to bring light into a dark situation in your life. Confess the sin that is weighing on you and carrying you down to God and to your community. And ask God to reveal himself as your advocate. May we become people that live in the light as God is in the light. Thank you for joining this week. We hope you have a wonderful week and love to see you join us next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.